Welcome, everybody. This is the Friendly Confines. I'm Ryan Lever. I'm joined by Chad Gordon. Two Salukis back at it. We're talking Cubs baseball. We're talking the 2018 season. It is great to be with you for our first episode. Uh, Chad, you're out in sunny California. How are things for you? It's beautiful only because the Cubbies were just out here uh, for a couple of road trips. I was able to see all three at Petco, two of them at uh, Dodger Stadium, and then got to see a couple back in Chicago as well. It's, it's, this is the right time to be talking about Cubs baseball because if you're a frustrated fan, if you're one of those, and there's a lot of those uh, pessimistic fans out there, it's hard to find a lot to be upset about with this team right now. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, and that's where we'll start. We'll start with the first half of the season. We are going to do nine different topics. We are going to run through this. We're going to be able to bring this to you, uh, hopefully, as much as possible. The Talk Cubs baseball, the Talk baseball, and for those fans out there that are uh, just looking to chomp on that baseball bit that uh, there's always talk about NFL or NBA offseason. This is an opportunity for Cubs fans to uh, talk to other Cub fans, and it's just a great time of the year to be a baseball fan, especially uh, if you're rooting for the North Siders. So let's start with our first inning, Chad, first half of the season. The Cubs found themselves in first place to end going into the All-Star break. Uh, we had a really nice first half, despite the fact that we have seen a lot of inconsistencies with the pitching staff. But overall, the offense has been nothing short of fantastic this year. Uh, we've seen breakout years from people like, Javi Baez and Kyle Schwarber's having a great season. Wilson Contreras. Um, it's really been a nice, solid first half for everybody. How would you assess what you've seen so far in the first half of the season? No, I mean, we're going to, this isn't going to be Homer time, you know, big time. We're just going to, you know, be all over the Cubs and, and, and feel really good. We're, we're going to be critical when, when it is necessary. I can't be super critical about a lot about the Cubs right now. Because we've had so many surprise players, we've had so many superstars that a couple that have actually been struggling, our bullpen is as good as it has ever been in terms of just when we're a contending team. But the starting pitching, yeah, has been uh, has been troublesome. And it's been, you know, it's 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 uh, it's been a, a big disappointment when you think about, you know, the money that was invested in Quintana or not in Quintana rather, but uh, in you, Darvish. Uh, Quintana, actually, I think, has is, is really come um, come around and uh, and and give us a lot of innings. But to be two and a half up. Um, to overtake the Brewers, uh, where the team has done that, uh, where they've been faltering. And if you look at it, we are right on pace with the 2016 record. It's, it's pretty uncanny, the similarities um, with, uh, with some interchangeable parts. Do you think, though, this team is as good as the 2016 team? I guess my question to you would be, how much of it is that they may be as good as the 2016 team compared to maybe the Central is not as strong as it has been in years past? And, and that's interesting because I actually think the Brewers are, are, are a stronger team. And we are at this point, I, I believe there are five teams or four teams rather right now uh, at or above 500. So I think the central is pretty strong. We're going to dig into the, the, the central in, in a few more innings. But what I would say is, you know, this team is largely the 2016 without a, 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 a couple pitchers are not here. A couple, uh, you know, a, a very important center fielder isn't here, but, the players that we do have that that were a part of that 2016, I think, are are are, are older, are wiser, and, and have a little bit more uh, um, experience to be able to bring to the table. But for me, the pitching staff, John Lester, you look at uh, at where he is. He's he's going to be in the in the discussion for Cy Young. He's going to be in discussion for you know a 21 season. He's well on his way for that. Um, we're going to talk about uh, surprises in a little bit. But you talked about some of the people that have really come of age. Uh, 
you know, you, you can't look much further than right field and see, you know, where we are with Jason Hayward. I mean, we, that guy was on 2016. He's on 2018. You know, that's a much better player. Now, Rizzo and Bryant, they're both struggling right now. Could be injuries, could be some other things. Um, but the other players have stepped up and, and been a huge surprise. I love the way that Hayward has been playing this season. It's made me so happy because so many people, myself included, we're pretty critical of that contract when they, you know, doled out the seven-year deal uh, to Hayward, especially after the first two seasons. I personally did not think he would be able to hit the ball uh, like he has been this year. It's been such a pleasant surprise. Um, and I, like I said, I know we're going to touch on that a little bit more, but just Hayward in a nutshell this year to me, I know we've seen other players, but he has been such a breath of fresh air, not only defensively, which is what we usually expect from him, but offensively has just been tremendous to watch him gain so much confidence at the plate. What I've shared about Jason Hayward over the last couple of seasons, and you're right, that contract has just been glaring. It's, it's, uh, it's been the one thing that a Cubs fan can, can push down on and say, well, look, there's, there's a negative. I've always said if he could hit just a tick above average or if he could just come back to where he had been historically, it would be similar to a, a big-time huge free agent pickup because he's already – um, the, the, the best right fielder defender in, in potentially all of Major League Baseball. But for him to offensively do what he's doing on a consistent basis. And when was the last time Jason Hayward came up to bat and you cringed or you rolled your eyes or you thought, well, okay, who's up next? Every time he comes up to bat, uh, I, I can't remember the last time I saw a slow chopper to second base. And for me, when that sums up the first half of this season, um, and I will say, it, it's be hard-pressed. Best record in the National League, top five record in against a very stacked uh, uh, American League uh, um, teams. Um, I, I grade the first half of the season as a solid A. I would uh, totally agree with you. I think you're, you're right on with that. A solid A for sure. All right, let's move on to the second inning. We talked about it and we teased it a little bit while we were talking earlier. Biggest surprises. This can be the most pleasant in a positive way or it can be a negative surprise. Um, for me, I, I think uh, it's, it's got to be Hugh Darvish. I, I mm. certainly feel like this has got to be the biggest surprise for a guy who got such a huge deal. They chose him over Jake Arrieta to start the year. Uh, a lot of people looking back on this now, Chad, thinking, did we pick the wrong guy? Was Arietta really the one who we should yeah. have just ended up with? Even though he was um, a little older, we both know Arietta takes such immaculate care of his yeah. body. Um, and I, I, I got to tell you, I'm looking back at it now. The Phillies are playing really well. Arietta is having a solid year. And now we got Darvish on the DL making a lot of money and not really doing much. So for me, the biggest surprise for me, as much as we've seen so many positive things happening offensively with a lot of these great players, for me, it's got to be Darvish. I may have to tell you that I, 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 I do agree with your assessment. That was the centerpiece uh, trade pickup, not trade, but signing in the offseason. Uh, and for him to be where he is right now and not have really any discernible uh, uh, uh any sort of impact on the first half of the season other than negativity is, is, uh, is, is, is a frustration. My hope here, there's this piece of me inside that says maybe there is something structurally in that. That doesn't always mean really good things, but maybe he is a little off. Maybe the weight of the contract is a little heavy. Maybe, you know, he needs a little bit of time. And, and you know, the worst case scenario is we, we ride this, this ship all the way through 
uh, the end of this season and we don't see the Cubs don't uh, have any value from him this year and it becomes a very big hit to our, our uh, the, the payroll. Um, but if he comes back and he performs at average or, or above, that's going to be at one heck of a pickup um, because he will not perform like a four and a five if he actually can get back to where he is, which is a, a hard throwing inning eater. Here's my surprise. And, and this is the, we've already talked about Hayward. I think that's that shocked a lot of people that didn't have a lot of faith in him. But my surprise is Albert Almora Jr. You know, he was not slated as the, the starting uh uh, center fielder half got that start in in the first week that was the reason he wasn't on the all-star bout um and he was slated as a guy can they can only platoon can only hit from one side uh and and he has shown that he actually has the value to, to succeed and, and be successful on both sides of the plate um him and hayward i i don't think you're going to find a better outfield um in, in all of major league baseball in terms of their ability to uh to to, to cover the ground um the, the highlight real uh, catches that he has made and the ability to shorten and make left field a lot smaller has given so much of a positive impact for Carl, Kyle Schwarber to be able to get him into the mix. So my first half surprise uh, is really Albert and uh, his really just taking over and, and kind of unassumingly saying, hey, I want to be the centerpiece center fielder for the Chicago Cubs going forward. I, I love uh, Albert. I think you're right on with that as well. I think he has been tremendous. Let me throw a wild card at you really quick. What about Javi Baez? Is it is? Can you honestly <laughs> say that that may be a surprise to see the pop that he has shown this year? Just to really become, Chad, probably one of the top 10, maybe 15 players in baseball right now, right? I mean... It, He's in the no, no. He he's he's a major league baseball uh, MVP candidate at this point, um, without a doubt. And and I and I guess because we've always seen it, but there's there's this youth factor. There's this wild child where where you get the good with the bad. We're just getting a lot less bad. So my 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 estimation is this is a guy that that I think uh, Joe Madden at one point had said he said you know if he can lay off those low. Those low pitches, um, he has the potential to be Manny Ramirez. And we're seeing that right before our very eyes. And so I guess because he's been our, our team leader and because he's, he's a highlight reel waiting to happen at all times, it's not a surprise anymore because he's, he's been doing it. We're just not seeing the, the mistakes anymore, which is all wonderful. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. It's hard to believe. He, we can sit here and say he could be arguably the best player on the team. And that's, that's over Rizzo. That's over Bryant. So uh, it's, it's been a tremendous season for Javi. Uh, absolutely right on that. All right, third inning. We move on. Biggest needs right now, Chad. I think it's plainly obvious. We were talking about it earlier. The starting pitching uh, definitely needs some work. I mean, you mentioned Lester. He's having a tremendous year, certainly in the running for a Cy Young Award. But after that, we've seen inconsistencies from all four starters, whether that's Kyle Hendricks, who was basically unhittable in 2016, uh, whether it's Tyler Chatwood, who has very, you know, very hard time finding the plate from time to time. Uh, you know, Montgomery has done patchwork, obviously, with mm. Darvish out. It, it's just been in a very frustrating first half uh, to see this starting rotation. It's just because this was, you know, as well as I do, this was the linchpin yeah. of what made this team so successful the last couple of years, uh, three years for that matter. And now, it's the weakness, and and that's that's unbelievably, uh, you know, disappointing to see, especially with how much they have put into that starting rotation from a financial standpoint, uh, from just you know trying to work, getting a new pitching uh, coach to you know really work with these guys, and 
it just has not worked out at all so far this year. I, I'm going to go in a different direction. I'm going to say it's the it's the corners. It is it is whatever is going on with Chris Bryant, whether that's a uh, you know uh, an, an in, a structural injury, something going on with him, whatever's going on with Rizzo. Um, although it's been really fun to see him to, uh, take the role as as uh, as as the leadoff hitter. My biggest need for this team is for Rizzo and Bryant to become Rizzo and Bryant again, because if that happens, this already explosive offense is going to take over and we will be able to allow a higher ERA and we'll be able to allow giving up some extra runs on the, you know, the last couple of uh, pitchers in the rotation. So for me, the biggest need is, is for, uh, is for our, our former two MVP um, uh, in, in the mixed discussion guys to actually get back to where they need to be. You know, and it's interesting. I mean, seeing Rizzo lead off, it's, it's like night and day with him when he plays, you know, rather when he leads off, it, you know, first in the batting order, yeah. comparatively when he's batting third and fourth in the batting order. I don't know why. I, I'm, I'm impressed because you would think psychologically it would be easier sometimes to hit third or fourth as a cleanup hitter as opposed to leading off the game. But for whatever reason, he has somehow been able to – you know, just channel his his hitting so much better when he leads off a game. Uh, I don't know if it's just because pitchers are not pitching around him as much and they're giving him better, you know, pitches to hit just to get him on base or yeah. not worried about him hitting a three-run homer. But whatever it is, I guess if you're Joe Batten, you just got to keep doing it, right? You got to keep doing it. I mean, uh, he, he was so overshadowed by by Matt Carpenter in, in the five-game uh, Cardinal series, but he still batted over 500. He was on base uh, six out of ten times. He, 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 I don't know what it is either. I don't know if, if uh, again, if there's something in, in, uh, internally that's, 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 uh, that's jarring his performance. But when the pressure's off and when his only job is to just – find a way to get on base as a leadoff hitter is, 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 uh, is apt to be able to do. He has that ability um, to get on and, and look like it's a much less pressure situation. And it looks like he's having a ton of fun. Those at bats and high pressure situations where he's supposed to be a three or four batter. It's a different body language than um, when he's up there leading off the game. It's almost like, you know, he, it, it's weird. It's like, it's like a, a uh, a big time player going out to play a, a rec softball. It's like there's there's an ease to that, and he looks much more comfortable leadoff. But for us to be successful, I mean, I just don't know how we can keep him in the leadoff spot because structurally in the order, that's not where he's supposed to be. But if this is what works, and we're going to continue to win and uh, and and have the success we're having right now, then um, then that's that's probably the direction that uh, we're going to stay until uh, until things change. Fourth inning now, we move on. Starting rotation, we were talking about it earlier here uh, between the two of us. Uh, for me, it's the weak link, and I'm going to yeah, pose yeah. this to you right now. I would love to see Jacob deGrom in a Cubs uniform. <laughs> I want to see it happen. I want to see the Cubs make a move. I think Ian Happ is a guy that they could use to potentially get a Jacob deGrom yeah. along with maybe a couple of their you know better minor league players, maybe a ship. Um, a Mike Montgomery in yeah. that deal. I, I, I think it's a no-brainer, Chad. I, I got to believe that this is a guy they have to go out and get. He is in, in number one for any team in baseball. And with him and Lester, uh, especially when you're going to go up against potentially the Dodgers in the NLCS, uh, who, you know, you got a Clayton Kershaw that you're going to have to oppose. 
or even if you go up against an Arizona with a Zach Greinke, you got to be able to bring, you know, at least a couple of aces if you're going to get to the World Series. Not not only just against the National League, but, you know, if they get to the World Series, they're going to have to potentially face the Red Sox or the Yankees or the Astros. I mean, that's no joke. So for me, I, I they got to find a way, in my opinion, Theo's got to make a trade at the deadline, and Jacob DeGrom has got to be that guy. If the price works, I think you have to make that. And if, if they can make this work for, for, for Ian, if they can make this work for, for Monty, and if they could throw in a couple minor leagues. I mean, we just got a guy just shot onto the top 100. So we don't have any minor leaguers, really, that are in, even in the discussion as a top 50 prospect. So, so we might have to go after somebody else in the starting rotation, um, or at least on the major league roster, rather, um, to be able to get somebody of that quality. Because, I mean, his, he's, he's signed through, I believe, 2021. That's when his unrestricted uh, free agent year comes into play. So if that is possible, I just uh, – yeah, and, and people always say, "Well, you look at you look at what happened with with Chapman, uh, with the Yankees, and 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 everything we gave up." And there's there's not a soul here that would say, "Well, we shouldn't have done that because we we, um, you know, even though the Yankees got a, a uh, an all star out of the out of the the deal, we'll do whatever it takes. The team will do whatever it takes to be able to reach the promised land again. I just don't know if Degrom is is the price is going to be um, something that that the Cubs can 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 offer because I think you're going to be looking for young controllable prospects and people that are going to fill up the Mets uh, uh, minor league system and I don't think we have that so I don't think that's possible so my take on the on this inning around the starting rotation you hit on it as well in terms of the biggest need is I have this theory. And I'm going to throw out some theories a lot on the friendly confines, but I have this theory that that Joe Matt I've seen this this uh, before, where I think that that Joe says, "Take your foot off the, the gas a little bit. Um, only give me eighty percent. Only give me eighty five percent." I think the pitching staff is going to get uh, markedly better. I think people are picking their moments on the front end. They're not getting stretched out. They know they're only going to go a, 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 you know, a little bit uh, past the fifth or sixth inning. We're not going to push further. Our bullpen right now is so strong that we don't have to go super long. Recently had a 120-pitch uh, 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 appearance uh, this weekend against the Cardinals, so they're starting to stretch them out. I, I am – I'm willing to think that, that Hendricks is going to, to turn this around. Lester has been pretty fabulous. Uh, Quintana, um, uh, a gutsy start for him. And Monty has actually done pretty incredible in those spot situations. But, yeah, our st- the, the starting rotation has been the biggest disappointment um, so far this season. But yet it's the same players that, we, that, 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 uh, that everybody was lauding and saying this might be one of the rotations to beat in the National League going into this season. You're listening to the Friendly Confines podcast with Chad Gordon and Ryan Lieber. And we move on to the fifth inning, Chad. And that was what we were kind of talking about, the trade deadline. You think they're going to basically stand pat. I think there's got to be a move that needs to be made. Do you think they really make a move, but it's not for a star pitcher? Maybe it's just to kind of get another spot starter, somebody who can help out in the bullpen a little more or – do you think that they may surprise us and add an extra bat in the lineup? I don't know where they could potentially add another bat, but 
What, like, what do you ultimately think is going to happen? Or is this team just going to run the course and we're going to see this team for the rest of the season as is? At the end of the day, the Chicago Cubs have one of the greatest front offices in all of baseball. They don't uh, step into the batter's box. They don't um, play any positions on the field, but they are the smartest people in Major League Baseball. And and did you, Ryan, know who Jesse Chavez was before this weekend? No. They picked, they picked him up. They, 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 yeah. they, they, they traded him for Tyler Thomas, and that guy – looked as dominant in a Cubs uniform on a mound all season in his appearances this weekend versus the Cardinals. So, so my take is no, not Stan Pat, but they're going to look out there, maybe not in the bargain bin, but they're going to be looking where the Jesse Chavez's jerseys are, are hanging and they're going to be shopping there. Cause I don't think the, the, the minor league system right now has the movable pieces to get somebody like DeGrom. I just don't think it's possible. And I also will say, from a loyalty perspective, I'm very loyal to my guys. Uh, I don't think that the the fans could stomach um, parting with any of the controllable assets. I've heard people talk about Russell. Um, I think Russell has has top caliber uh, player um, but potential. I think he's shown that in bits and pieces, and he's a big time postseason player. He's shown that. Um, but but in terms of Schwarber. He's done everything the team's asked him to do. Um, Albert Almore, I think, could be the centerpiece of this this outfield. I think Happ and Montgomery might be the the two movable resources. I don't think um, we're going to get uh, the, the the Cubs are going to get a big name when it comes to those pieces. So it would have to be something again smarter guys in the room than 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 me. Um, if there's two or three Jesse Chavez's out there, that's where that's where the Cubs have to go. You're listening to the Friendly Confines here with Chad Gordon, Ryan Lever. Chad, we move on to the sixth inning. There was a video that went pretty viral yesterday, safe to say, uh-huh. of a ball that uh, was tossed into the stands up the first baseline where a little boy uh, was trying to get it, and it went underneath the seat, and a, uh adult was able to grab the ball, give it to his girlfriend, and needless to say, uh, the Twitterverse pretty much wasn't kind to uh, what had to say. And I'll be honest, me included. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't think that when you see a guy who gets a ball and uh, just grabs it away from a little kid, if uh, that was actually the case and gives it to his girlfriend, kind of ignores the kid who was yeah. just sitting there. However, as we both know, video doesn't always tell the whole story. Uh, as it turned out, this man, according to reports that I've been reading, uh, actually had a couple of other balls that he gave to this little boy who was in the front row prior to this other ball coming into the seats. And he already had a ball. And then after the fact, Javi Baez signed a ball for this little boy upon seeing the video. So it seems like this little kid made out pretty well. In the meantime, this guy ends up being public enemy number one in Wrigley Field, people saying he should be banned from the ballpark. Folks (laughs) were trying to figure out who he was so they could shame him on social media. And as it turned out in the end, the guy was actually just somebody who had been giving balls to the kid all game long and wanted just one for himself. So I say to you, Chad, and I ask you this question. Do you think it is fair to have somebody not... Uh, give a ball to a kid, even though he has already given one or showed he, no matter what, you always give the ball to the little kids around you, no matter what the situation. What is your uh, overall take on that? 
All right, now I've got a couple takes on this because this really ticked me off. And and one of my biggest takes, and this is going to come off so unfriendly to the listeners, is do better, everybody. And when I say do better, let's not jump to conclusions. Let's not have that what I like to call internet outrage. You've seen it on your Facebook feed. You've seen it on Twitter where I'm so up in arms about this. Can you believe this guy did that? And all it was is, is a lot of cases people looked at a headline, shared it, express their outrage, but then there's actually nothing to it uh, because we never go deeper. We never look further. This, we actually look deeper. And, and, and to the Cubs' credit, they actually put out a statement this, uh, earlier this afternoon, basically lauding this guy who was there. A true Cubs fan was there on his anniversary. Had, he was, in, he was in a prime spot to get a lot of balls thrown his way. And several kids got balls because of this guy's generosity. The mom of this, this child who, who looked like was wronged actually said, I'm horrified that this gentleman is being made out this way. He was a great gentleman. And so, so that's my initial take is let's all do better. Let's all, let's all not feed into this, this negativity because this is, you could just say this is the internet fake news at its worst. But here's another thing. I got a foul ball. I don't know if you, you saw on the Facebook feed at the, at the Padre game on on uh, Saturday, I actually got um, a Chris Bryant foul ball. I caught it clean. It was awesome. I was I was so cool. It's my fourth foul ball. It's still incredibly exciting. There were no kids directly around me, but I did give it to a friend, a female friend, who enjoyed it. Who was actually a really big Cubs fan, and I thought that was nice. We weren't in a section where there was like nine or ten kids, so I guess I did wrong. I guess I could have walked up the aisle and found one for somebody, but I was pretty excited to catch a Chris Bryant ball in Petco Park wearing my Chris Bryant University of San Diego jersey on Chris Bryant night um, because he's, 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 uh, he played his college ball there. So you can come at me all you want, and I'm okay with that. Maybe I should have given it to a kid, but for me, it's really fun. I'm never going to give away a home run ball. In fact, my dream in life, one of my top three sports dreams is to catch an opposing player's ball um, in, in the bleachers at Wrigley so I can throw it back and beat the guy before he gets to second. But I'm not, th- I'm not giving away a home run ball, one. But, but foul balls, and um, it depends on, the, on the, the situation. Balls that are thrown up by, by, uh, by players, I'm never going to hold on to one of those balls. That's instantly going to go to a kid. Well, and I, I have to say I'm guilty of it. And I usually try not to be, but it seemed – Unfortunately, the video looked pretty bad and it looked pretty incriminating against this guy. So I uh, am guilty of of being one of those overreaction guys to the video. Uh, So I have to shame myself in that spot to uh, say I need to be better Uh, because usually I'm not that guy. And uh, (laughs) in this spot, I was so uh, a bad job by me, to say the least. All right. We're moving on. Seventh inning now here on the Friendly Confines. Chad Gordon, Ryan Lever. We're talking baseball. We're talking Cubs. And we're talking about the NL Central, Chad. Of course, the Cubs, uh, they're probably their they're two biggest uh, division rivals right now. The Brewers, who are sitting in second place. And the Cardinals, who are just going through a very difficult season. Obviously, they fired Mike Matheny. Uh, <laughs> they're going through the second half now, trying to just piece something together with what they have on this roster. But um, for all intents and purposes, I would probably be safe uh, in saying that the Brewers right now are the team that could potentially be the one, uh, you know, club in the NL Central that could give the Cubs a little bit of an issue. Now, the Cubs have owned the Brewers this year. Uh, When they've played head-to-head, the Cubs have just been absolutely amazing against the Brewers. But – Needless to say, the Brewers still have a very solid team. They got a good bullpen. They got a great offensive team. Um, are you worried 
about the Brewers or the Cardinals catching the Cubs in the NL Central? All right, so when you think about windows and you think about the teams that should be here at this time, and you talk about the necessity to go after a DeGrom or go go after a Machado, the Brewers fit that mold. And if they don't make some sort of deadline deal that's splashy um, in in an effort to take down this National League um, Central and then also uh, compete with with the the, the Cubs and the the Dodgers, there there should be people calling for the heads of leadership at at the Brewers. So, yes, these are the guys that should be – are uh, the, the Cubs' biggest issue. Um, but you didn't even mention the Pirates. The Pirates have won their last nine games. They've actually overtaken the Cardinals. Those are That's a sleepy team. That's a, that's a sneaky team that actually could sneak into the wild card mix. And I got to tell you, one thing that, that I don't want to see the Cubs have to do is, is make their way into that wild card because that is an absolute crapshoot. And you can come out of that with some, some momentum and have some domination. So for me – um, the, the Cubs are positioning themselves very well right now. They have five less losses than the Brewers because of the, the way the schedule is planned out, panned out with the, the rainouts and everything. And they're struggling right now. They've, they've lost uh, eight of their last 10. Uh, the Pirates have won nine of their last 10. And then the Cardinals, we saw them. They, they were a team that could absolutely dominate. And they were a team that, uh, that looked very foolish, um, not very good Cardinal baseball in terms of their fundamentals. So the National League Central, as I see it right now, the Cubs are in the driver's seat. Uh, and I want to keep watching the resurgence of the Pirates and see how they can impact the wild card race. But the Brewers are not going to continue to struggle like they're struggling right now. Although they just lost one of their starting pitchers, uh, the, their five, their number five guy, um, probably out for the rest of the season. That may impact them going after hard somebody like DeGrom. I do not think that the Brewers or the Pirates or the Cardinals are going to catch the Cubs. Uh, this could come back to bite me later, but I truly believe that the Cubs are a much better team. I think the Brewers are a good team, but I think the Brewers will do what the Brewers normally do, and that is uh, fade down the stretch. Uh, you mentioned the Cardinals, uh, like you said, at times they look like a very good baseball team. At other times they look like they are inept and can't figure out uh, where to throw the baseball. So uh, I think the Cardinals realize that this year they're just going to kind of play out the stretch and uh, see what happens next year when they hire their manager. Um, as far as the Pirates go, listen, I think this is a nice little run that they're having. Mm. Uh, but again, at the end of the day, I don't think this team has enough uh, to catch the Cubs um, and to really uh, threaten in the NL Central. So I'm going to go with I, the Cubs, go ahead and uh, and win the division. Uh, I don't want to say relatively easily, but I think when it's all said and done, the Cubs are going to be NL Central champs again. Does another team in the National League Central make the wild card? Uh, as of now, I'm going to go with no. Um, I, I like the fact that I think Arizona and the Dodgers are, are looking pretty good. I think the, the Phillies and, of course, the Atlanta Braves, who have just come out of nowhere yeah. this year to really – uh, really play well. So I, I, I got to think that it's going to be one of those teams that ends up in the wild card, in, in my opinion, at least. Um, you know, it's a long season, obviously, but I think those teams have started to kind of establish themselves as the ones that ultimately are going to end up with the wild card. One of the things when we talked about the format of this show that I'm excited about, we're not going to have it uh, today on this episode. We're going to have the seventh inning stretch as well. And this is going to be a great opportunity to talk to so many different people and get those other uh, fan voices and also expert voices, the people in 
um, for the seventh inning stretch. So keep that in mind for future episodes. Let's move on to the eighth inning. Let's look at a bigger picture, Ryan. Eighth inning, Chad. The best team in the National League, is it our Chicago Cubs? Do you think it is? I think the answer is yes. Uh, I think they have established themselves. I think the only other team right now that could potentially say that they could be better than the Chicago Cubs is the Los Angeles Dodgers. They bettered themselves getting Manny Machado uh, after the all-star break and Machado already paying dividends for that team. They have now a healthy Clayton Kershaw back in the mix. The Dodgers obviously got off to a very slow start, but since then they have absolutely and, and listen, I don't think anybody really thought that this team was going to be down and out the entire season. It was only a matter of time. Plus, they are, you know, they have been dealing with injuries. Now these guys are starting to step up a little more. I mean, Max Muncy, this guy has had a, a tremendous year uh, filling in at third base when Justin Turner's been out. So, I mean, I give credit to Dave Roberts because he is a tremendous yeah. manager. Um, but right now, as we do this podcast, in my opinion, the Cubs are the best team in the NL. However, the Dodgers are not far behind. Uh, you know, and, and I, I'm right there with you. I think uh, uh, the way that the first half played out, where the record is right now, the, the stretches of domination, and really the last three weeks of this season, because it really is who is not the best team. It's, it's who's the team right now, and the best team is the Cubs right now. However, you make some really good points. Kershaw's been out for a while. They didn't have Manny Machado. So that changes the dynamic. And so what we're seeing right now, at least this week, we've got an opportunity to see how the Dodgers are going to match up against the Phillies. And so you've got that opportunity to see that. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, who who in the world thought that Kemp would have the season he's having for the Dodgers? He was on the trash heap. Machado's right there. You talk about Muncie. Um, you know, Justin Turner, was he was out of the mix, and now he's back in it. So he has the, the ability to be um, the superstar he has been in the past. And we have struggled matching up against their pitching and so when you look at where where uh, things could fall into play in the in the uh in the national league um i do think it will be another cubs uh, dodgers nlcs however my sleeper pick at this point is the atlanta braves i think um they're too young to know any better They've got a lot of great young talent, um, and it's gelling at the right time, and they have the ability to shock a lot of people. They remind me of, of uh, the Astros in terms of their makeup, and, and they're just, they're, they're just blindless, blindly the, um, winning games uh, and surprising a lot of people. Their window is definitely opened a lot earlier than expected. 100%. I, I, I totally agree. I think the Braves have been tremendous. But for me, my sleeper team, I'm still going to go with the Philadelphia Phillies. I think yeah. that team's got a nice makeup of – you know, young players and, you know, some decent veterans there. Uh, Gabe Kapler's done a very nice job, got off to a little bit of a rocky start there. But uh, so far, he's he's done a nice job of managing this team and managing the young players have that have uh, been been up and coming, to say the least. So uh, it, it'll be an, a nice and interesting, uh, you know, second half of the season, to say the least. All right, Chad, final inning, ninth inning now. We talked about the National League. Let's talk about the Major League Baseball Uh, season as a whole as far as the American and the National League we said that the Cubs are right now the best team in the NL but where do you place them overall in Major League Baseball are they the second best team in baseball are they third I'll tell you from my perspective I go right now Yankee excuse me Red Sox one I go with the Astros two I go with the Yankees three and then I go with the Cubs four uh, that's my top four right now. So if the Cubs were to play in the World Series, 
uh, they would certainly be an underdog against those three teams. If the Indians make it, obviously I'm, I'm going to give the Cubs the benefit of the doubt in that one. But I think right now, man, and thankfully they only have to play one of those teams if they come out of the AL. But man, Boston, New York, and Houston just look amazing right now. And I, I got I to gotta be honest, if the Cubs played one of those three teams, I don't think the Cubs can beat one of those three teams. Yeah, and I appreciate that. And I don't even think you even listed the athletics. I mean, look at what they're doing in the search. They've yeah. got, there's a lot of incredibly solid teams in the American League. My top team in the American League, because they're the king right now, are the Astros. They're the defending chaps, champs. They're the team that, that will hold that title until, um, until, the, the, until they're out of it. So I've got the, I've got the Astros there because they've, they've been there. They've done that. And you and I both know it's very hard that second season to keep your foot on the gas. And so if they're able to kind of um, not do what the Cubs did, I like I like their chances uh, to uh, get back into the World Series. But you are so right. I mean, the, the Boston Red Sox, their ability to to not really have um, a window close and, and to continue to, to load up and to have the different players that, that they have, um, that's been incredible. The lineup for the New York Yankee Yankees is terrifying. I mean, from a, from a, a pitching standpoint, um, maybe not so much on the starting side, but uh, their relievers are strong and they've just got guys that, uh, um, as I like to joke, now that drugs are illegal, right? <laughs> like baseball, they've got guys that can straight bash and, and, and hit the ball out of the, out of the park at will. And so, but when you look at, um, at Bradley jr, um, you look at Martinez, you look at um, all the different players that, that the Red Sox have right now. They are a scary, scary team to beat. Um, and we know never, nothing ever plays out like it's supposed to. We're not even talking about the Indians who have had a, have a tremendously strong lineup. The favorite has to be the American League um, this year, has to be. Um, and so I'm, I'm going to put the Cubs fifth. I'm going to put the Cubs fifth in, in terms of the, the, my, my, the Chad Gordon power rankings. Um, behind four American League clubs. So you put the A's ahead of the Cubs right now? No, I actually I put the the the, the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Astros, and the Indians in and front the of Indians. the Cubs right now. Okay. I do. It's I just think I think the talent level is there. And then there's the other side to talk about. Uh, um, you know, because tanking might be a thing now because the Cubs showed that that's something maybe that works out in people's favor. We're seeing a lot of teams that don't have very strong lineups. So some we could see a little bit more tanking, a little bit more kind of throw in the towel teams. I don't know if the White Sox are there. We're not, not going to talk about the White Sox today, but um, maybe some of these records are a little overinflated because you've got uh, a, a lot, lot of really bad teams in the mix, like the Orioles and, and, the, and the Rangers and, and the Royals and the White Sox and the Tigers. I don't know, but uh, the American League right now is the league to beat. You're absolutely right. All right, man. Episode one in the books. We did it. How about that? Ryan Lieber, Chad Gordon, you've been listening to the Friendly Confines. Join us again. We'll see you next time. Good night, everybody. See you at the ballpark.